Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, you would remember, we saw Barnabas walking into the city of Antioch. And what did he say? He saw the grace of God. It was physically seen, the grace of God. And how wonderful is the grace of God. How marvelous it is. Last week, we looked at trusting God with all of your heart and all your understanding. And not to lean on your own understanding, but to trust Him. Today I want to talk to you about mercy. Those two is so evident of God, the character of God. Grace and mercy. Without those two, we would be poor. We would be absolutely lost without grace and mercy. And this passage comes from the, the, the passage we did last week. I want you to open up in Proverbs chapter 3 as we talk about the mercy of God. Mercy has got two aspects to it. First of all, we receive mercy from God. Then secondly, we give mercy to other people. Let me say that again. We receive mercy from God, and once we receive mercy, we give mercy to other people. The world today is poor of mercy. It's disappeared. People aren't merciful anymore today. Look around you. People are in it for themselves. It's all about me. Self-rights. People's rights. And that stands opposite to mercy. Mercy is to give somebody something which they did not deserve. And not to give it as well. I'll explain. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. He says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. That statement says that is something that you have. You have mercy and you have truth. Now it says, let not them forsake you. Bind them around your neck. As a constant reminder, I want to say. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and of man. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I need you this morning. I pray for your anointing to come over my words as I speak them. I pray, Father, that you touch my mind and my heart to speak your word in spirit and truth this morning. We speak about mercy. And Father, who am I standing here this morning to talk about this topic, Father? I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will speak to every heart here this morning and open it up as you want it open up in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless His Word and the public reading of His Word. You see, the first thing that He says to His Son here is He says, Do not forget My law. The law is the Word of God. Back then, it was the Torah. It was the first books of the Bible. Today, we have the whole Bible. How great is that to have the whole Bible? And today, it's as if God is looking you in your eyes and He says through His Holy Spirit to you, My child... Do not forget the law of God. Do not forget it. It is something that people are forgetting today. It's the law of God. 
It's so easy to forget the Word of God. And he says, do not do that. What will happen if you do not forget the law of God? First of all, you will have length of days, you have a long life, and you will have peace. Peace is something everybody is looking for. And here is a recipe to find that peace. What is the recipe? Come on, you say it. It's up there. Do not forget the law of God. Study the word of God. You will find peace with Him. In Him is peace. Jesus turned to His disciples. He says, My peace I leave unto you. Not the peace that the world can give. Oh, but the world, people are looking for the peace in the world, isn't it? They don't look for peace at the right place. Peace can only be found in Him. And here is the thing, you need to search for that peace. It's not just going to come over you. You search for the peace of God. How do you do that? Not to forget the law of God. Length of days and long life and peace will be given to you. You see, it's like a river. So beautiful when you see a river. The longer the river runs through the country, the more it blesses the country. Think of that. The longer the river is, the greater the blessing it gives along its way on its way to the ocean. If you look at a parched land and you stand on a distance, you will see the trees are growing by the river, isn't it? It's so beautiful. That's where the blessing is. And here this morning, the blessing is in the law of God. That's where the blessing is. That's where the river runs from His throne and to His own. You and I are His own. And as long as that river runs, it blesses. The longer a man of mercy and truth is alive today, my friend, the more he's able to bless his fellow brothers and sisters. Think of that one. If you have got mercy and grace and truth within you, you're a child of God. The longer you live, the more you can bless others. Is that right? It's like that river. God blesses them through you. You are a blessing by whose grace, by whose mercy, by His grace and mercy. I can tell you now story upon story about uh, a great children of God who grew old in age and along the way they blessed so many people with what? With mercy and with grace. A long life gives a man time to do what? To gain great knowledge of God. That is a privilege, isn't it? Not to waste it on the world, not to waste it on yourself. But the longer you live and the more you study the, the Word of God and the commands of God, you are gaining that knowledge of God. And it's like that river. Wherever you go, what are you bringing with you? The knowledge of God and the blessing of God to bless others. It was never meant to be for you. It was there to bless others. This is, this is how this scripture becomes so alive to me. If you meditate on God's law, if you do not forget, you see, he puts it in the negative. He says, do not do this. Do so many other things, but do not forget this law. What will happen? You will have length of days to gain the knowledge of God. And in that length of days, you can bless others. And in that long life, and in the peace that you have that surpasses all understanding, people will be blessed. Do you know people like that? Come on, shake your head. Do you or don't you? You know people who are blessing or not? 
These are people who's like a river running through that land. And you know what it does? It enables that man or that woman to glorify Him upon the earth. And people will be blessed by seeing how you glorify God. Can you see how Solomon saw this when he wrote it down? How blessed it is. And then he says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. You see that? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. What will happen if they do not forsake you? Or first of all, you need to bind them around your neck. That makes it a remembrance. Have you worn a necklace? It's sitting right there. You constantly know it's right there. And he says we need to take these two things and we need to bind them around your neck and we need to write them on the tablet of your heart. You see, each one of you and me have got a tablet inside here. A tablet, yes? An iPad. <laughs> That's the new version. So, so what we do is things that we happen and things how we live and how God and how we gain knowledge of we writing on that tablet. And the Bible says what the heart is full, what will happen? It comes out of your mouth. What you think and what you believe in your heart will come out of this mouth of yours. That's what is happening. You can talk to somebody and you know the state of his heart. Is that right or wrong? And here he says, what do you need to do? You need to take mercy and you need to write it there so that whenever you open up your mouth, whenever you speak to people, mercy is right there. It's sitting right behind this big white tooth of you, sitting right there. So that if you open up and your tongue touches that speak there, it, it gives mercy and truth and truth. Write those two things on your heart and people will see it. It's like again that river and the longer you live and the more you gain the knowledge of God, mercy and truth will be there around your neck and on your heart. And here it says now what will happen. You will find favor. How is it today that people are looking for favor of other people? That's what people are looking for. And not only them, high esteem. High esteem. Ethos. Ethos is credibility. That's the Greek word for it. You and I need to walk with ethos in the world. With the credibility coming from heaven. From God's credibility. Ethos. That is favor and esteem in the sight of God and of man. This is such a wonderful proverb. I preached upon it last week, didn't I? But we can preach upon it again because it's so true. And when Solomon wrote it down, it really blessed our hearts. A definition for mercy this morning is compassion. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. So you've got that power to harm somebody or to punish them. And now what this word is asking for you is to have compassion upon that person. That is what mercy means. In our definition, mercy means, uh, it means that it's not getting what you deserve. You see, mercy is against judgment. If a judge stands there, and I think of the story about Napoleon Bonaparte, the, the Frenchman, yeah, when he was a ruler, back in his days, if they caught you stealing something, and there was this little boy who was going around, there wasn't a lot, a lot of food around, and he stole a bread, and they caught him, and they put him in jail, and he was going to be punished. He's going to be shot dead for that. 
And you know what happened? The day of the execution came and he was guilty. He had to die. And they brought this young boy out on the day and there was Napoleon sitting there and this boy's mother came running up to him and so he said, please Napoleon, please, please. I beg you for mercy. What is he begging for? For compassion. He said, but wait a minute. He is guilty. They caught him red-handed. He stole a bread. He's got to die. The judgment is there. And he said, I'm not asking you for judgment. I'm asking you for mercy. Friend, you and I are that young boy who are coming to God this morning and asking Him for mercy, for compassion. But you see, this is what it is. Mercy is coming from God and He's full and rich of mercy, isn't He? But He's now planting that mercy in your and my heart and we need to walk with that mercy. I take you back to Solomon's words when he says, bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. If you receive mercy, why are you not giving mercy to somebody else? Why aren't you compassionate to somebody else? And the world is so poor in compassion today. You see people struggle and you know what people say in their minds? Oh, I'm so glad it's not me, it's them. Isn't that the notion today? Oh, I'm so glad it didn't happen to us. It happened to them. How many times did somebody come to you and tell you a terrible story that happened to them? And they say, oh, and this happened. And when, you know, they say when it, when it rains, it pours. You know, this happened and then that happened and then that happened. And while they tell you how many times were you standing there and you go, oh, thank God it wasn't me it happened to. That's not a compassionate heart. And you see the world is so poor, you don't see this anymore. You don't see mercy anymore in the world. But yet you don't see it in the church even. You see, grace is the other one. You find mercy and you find grace. When you see grace in the Bible, it is getting what you did not deserve. And mercy is not getting what you deserve. That's the two definitions. You see, grace is loving kindness. Mercy is compassion. And how a compassionate God are we serving? I'm thinking of this word loving kindness and I think of this little girl who came up to her mother and she said, Mom, I'm so hungry today. Can you please make me a bread and butter? And the mom loves this little girl. She's got kindness, don't she? She go over there and she takes the bread out and she puts some butter on that bread because she's kind. You know what loving kindness is? Loving kindness is, is then she went to the jam jar. And she took out a little bit of jam and she put the jam on there as well. Did the girl ask for jam? No, she didn't. That is what you call loving kindness. Giving somebody something they didn't even ask for. You see, our Lord has got a big jam jar. And you know what He does? He gives us jam, friends, brother, sister. He gives us His grace, things that we don't even deserve. You look, I, I look upon my life. I'm sitting here, I'm 51 years old, and I'm looking back like, like uh, Abraham all over my life up to the States. And I look at a lot of things, and I just sit there, and I say, Lord, how wonderful is Your grace? I don't even deserve I don't even deserve to be in that position. I don't even deserve to got what I've got. But you see, the problem these days is people don't look upon what God has given them. They look at what other people's got, and they want what they've got. That's the problem today. Oh Lord, why are you giving them that and I didn't get that? It's like children throwing a tantrum. Look at that guy. He's so blessed. Why not me, Lord? 
that's not mercy and compassion, that's selfishness. So this is the word that we're looking at is mercy. He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. And those two are so connected to one another, you can't have the one without the other. Look at it. Mercy without truth is like water in a barren land. Have you seen that? There's no blessing. It's a waste. You can take as much water as you can in a barren land. Throw it out on the earth. What's going to happen? It's just going to sink in and it's going to disappear. That is what mercy is without truth. Mercy and truth goes together. You see, sometimes people have a lot of compassion on, on somebody who's doing the wrong thing. But you have to stand up someday and say, let the truth be spoken here. Although it's going to hurt you, there is still compassion in hurting. You need to know the truth. It is dangerous pity. Truth, on the other hand, without mercy, is extreme law. It is, I'm right and you're wrong. And it always causes injury. If you have truth without mercy, truth without compassion. You see, the Bible says that you and I, friend, need to live merciful lives. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I, this is Paul writing to them, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. How many mercies has God got? He's got a lot of mercy. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, have you noticed he didn't say a dead sacrifice, your bodies? If we think about our bodies, we think, oh, no, no, you know what, when I die, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. No, he says, while we're alive, we give our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's how we ought to live. By the mercies of God, he says there. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is sitting on the mountain of olives and he gives them the Beatitudes. He says, be like this. And I think it's number 5 in the Beatitudes. When he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You remember the man who owed his master a lot of money? And the master came to him, and this is my version. He said to him, you owe me a million dollars. The man came up to him and said, Master, please forgive me, but I haven't got a million dollars. What was he asking for? He was asking for mercy. He says, please have mercy upon me. I haven't got it. So he was guilty in owning something. You know what the master said? He turned to him and says, okay, that's good. It's all forgiven. You don't owe me anything. Wow, the freedom out of that. How would you feel if, if that's that? I mean, if you, if you get a fine, you know, you, you get a fine for speeding, and you go in and it's only $120, and you've got to stand in front of the court, and you stand up there and they say, why did you speed? And you say, oh, Joanna, you, you know, please, uh, judge, I beg you, it was only a slip, you know, and my foot just slipped off the brake, and, and as he slipped onto the petrol, he just go over. You've got all of your excuses. You owe him $100. And then he turns to you and he says, it's forgiven you, you don't owe anything. How do you feel about that $120? You go, wow, now I can go for a lunch. I can eat a little bit extra this week. It's that freedom. Think of a million dollars. This man owed it to him and he says, you owe me nothing. So that man walks out and there was somebody who worked for him. Owed him $20. $20. He came up here, 
He received the mercy for the million dollars. He had mercy with him now. He had compassion that he received from this man. He walks out of there. And this man comes up to him. He says, you owe me $20. Oh, says this poor man. He says, please, my master, will you please forgive me? I haven't got $20. My wife, you know, she's crying out. There's no food. I've got children on there. And there he stands. And he says, no, you owe me $20. And before the sun goes down, I want my $20. Did he show him mercy? Friend, this is where we are this morning. This is where Solomon says to us, he says, have compassion upon your brothers and sisters. Oh, but you don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. How can I have compassion to them? I want to say to you this morning, let God sort them out, but you walk around with mercy around your neck. You walk around. And please don't go, and this is not mercy. Oh Lord, I'm going to forgive them, and you know I have compassion over them. And then you go on your knees and you say, please Lord, sort them out. Sort them out, Lord. That's not mercy. That's not compassion. You see, another word for mercy is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Why? You've got the power to crush them, but you say, I'm not going to do that. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. We find Jesus here. He went in with Matthew, the tax collector, and he was sitting with him and having a meal with him. And oh, you see all of these Pharisees came around and they stood there and they said, look at him. He's the Messiah, but he's sitting and drinking with, with these people here, the tax collectors, the unwanted of society. And you know what Jesus said to them? In Matthew 9 verse 12, he says, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. They don't need a doctor, but those who are sick, and he says in verse 13, but go and learn what this means. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He sends them away with homework. And I want to send you away with homework. Do you know where he got this from? Hosea chapter 6 verse 6. Go and read it this afternoon. But read it in context. God is looking for mercy, not sacrifice. Oh Lord, see all these things that I do for your church. Oh man, I come and I pack out the chairs. I do this, I bake, I do all of these things. That is sacrifice. But what does he say? He said to them, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. God's not looking what you're doing and your sacrifices that you give up. He looks into your heart. And he looks at that tablet or that iPad that, that's there. And he wants to see that the word mercy is written in there. Not only written. Not only written. He wants you not only to write it down there and walk around with a badge now and go, Look everybody, look! It's, it's printed in there. It is saying there mercy. But you turn around to that man and you say, you owe me $20 and I'm not going to forgive you for that. Or you said something against me. You gossiped against me. I'm not going to forgive you for that. I'm going to keep it to you until the day I die. Oh, how poor are you? You are sitting in chains. You've got no peace. You've got no peace. Peace is like that bird that's flown away. No, friend, peace comes through this. If you live by that, if you live by mercy, he says to these people, you are pointing to these other people around. You are always pointing to the person. 
But there's three fingers that points back at you. He says, don't look at others. This is what he says to them in Matthew 9. Don't look at these poor people. They need a doctor. But you think you are so high and mighty. You think you are so good. Go and learn something. Go and open up Isaiah chapter 6 verse 6 and learn, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mercy is a big word, isn't it? You either have it or you don't. You either have compassion or you don't. I'm so thankful this morning that He had compassion on me. He had compassion on me. He had compassion on me. Praise the Lord, He had compassion on me. He opened up my eyes and now I see. How wonderful is that? The merciful God. He turns to these people, he says, go and learn that. And he says, now, now, let's see how does a per- person of full of mercy look like. He say, give me an example, preacher. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. Is that a plural or is it a, pre- uh, uh, is it a singular or a plural? Does it say fruits or fruit? It says fruit. Because some people go and say, they put an S in there, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these ones there is no law. You see, if there's a law, you've got no peace because you break the law. And if you break the law, you need to be judged. But a man and a woman who walks like this, you see, the reason why I point this out is if some people put an S in there, Because they say, oh, preacher, you know, I've got love and I've got joy. Man, look at me. I'm a joyful person. I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. I'm this. But this long-suffering, man, that fruit of that Spirit, man, that's a tough one. No, no, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit which has got all of these things in there. This is how a person looks like who's, who's got mercy. He's kind. You know what kindness is? Kindness is power under control. That's what kindness is. We've got a few babies in the church, and I've explained this before. And we're going to get a grandson and a granddaughter soon. Now let's say if I take that little bundle of joy in my hands. I'm a big man. I weigh over 120 kilograms. I know I hide them very well, but that's why I wear a jacket, okay? (laughs) Sometimes if you you wear the jacket, you know, if you eat too much, then it's hard to button it up but you know I'm strong I'm physically got strength and I take this little poor baby in my hands what do we, what what is that baby looking for for kindness that's all and you to go and yeah oh, goody 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 that's fine I'm just practicing it's coming <laughs> but what is within me within me is power now what what to say I take that baby and I start crushing that baby harder and harder and harder have I got the power to kill that child? Of course I do. That's not kindness. You see, kindness is power under control. Now, now you may have power over somebody. What the Bible is asking you, what God's asking you this morning is to control your power. You've heard something which will expose somebody else. Don't, I, I'm not going to go into where you've heard it. It could have been gossip, doesn't matter. But you've heard something that's going to hurt somebody else. Kindness is asking you not to press down on it. 
but to go on your knees and to talk to God about it. That's what kindness is. That's what mercy is. Now, let me give you an example. And again, I want to bring you in our, our definition. Compassion or forgiveness. This is what it is, okay? It's shown towards someone whom is within one's power to punish or to harm. Look at Psalm 86, verse 1. A Psalm of David. And we're going to compare it. He says, Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me. Listen to this man crying out to God. For I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord. David is crying for mercy from God. He says, be merciful to me, O Lord. In other words, have compassion on me, O God. In other words, forgive me, dear Lord. And he's got all the power to crush David. But David is asking him not to do it. For I cry to you all day long, verse 4, Rejoice the soul of your servant. For you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good. Now listen, and ready to forgive. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Let me just tell you something, friends. What can we learn from this? We learn that forgiveness is bound to mercy. You can't say you've got mercy if you can't forgive people. You can't walk around and say, mercy is hanging around my neck like a necklace. It's written on my heart if you don't forgive people. It is bounded to each together. Now look at this. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Now, what is he saying? He says, when I'm in trouble, you will give me peace. That's what he's saying. Because my peace is in you, God. So many people are walking around the world without peace. And I want to say this morning, without showing point and fingers to other people, and say, but they are taking away my peace. You need to come to God and say, I'm going to trust in you, Lord, that in the day of my trouble... I'm going to look up into you and not to others, and you will give me peace. But mercy will flow from my lips. This is what he's saying there. It will flow from my lips. You see, <coughs> let's, uh, let's look at Jude, Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 20. Jude 1, 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and I hope this is what everybody in this church is doing. Because Jude says that this is how you build yourself up. He says, you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of your Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. What is Jude saying here? He says, we ask mercy from God, but then also we need to give mercy. See what I meant before? What we receive, we give. And this is so important. You see, mercy gives us peace. I want to show this to you. When, Tim when uh, Paul writes to Timothy, and he writes to Titus, 
and John also in his letters, look at this here, to Timothy the true son in faith. 1 Timothy 1 verse 2. Grace, we all know what grace is now, don't we? Mercy and peace from our God and Father and Jesus and Lord unto you. I will say to you, brothers and sisters, peace always comes after mercy and after grace. <clears throat> if you're looking for peace, find grace and find mercy. If you want to be a peacemaker in the world, give people grace and mercy. That's the message of the Bible. And so true. Now, I want to end this morning. Richard, can you just call your mom there? With this uh, psalm here. This is one of our most popular and famous psalms, isn't it? Psalm 23. People love this psalm. And I love it as well. And we sang it this morning. A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my souls. He leads my path in righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We've heard so many sermons about this. This shows of a caring father for his children. This shows of a Lord who's got mercy upon you. This shows of a God who protects you in every circumstance in life. This shows of a heavenly Father who loves you so much that He gives you green pastures. His grace is so sufficient for you. How wonderful is it? We receive all of this. We didn't ask for it and He gives it to us. Just because we are His children. He says in verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even your enemies God is taking care of. Even your enemies. That's what I said before. Don't you go and try to take care. Leave them over to God. If somebody do you wrong, pray for them. Shall I say it again? If somebody do you wrong, pray for them. Not pray for their destruction. Pray for their souls. Say, Lord, please help these people. Jesus Christ, when He was hanging on the cross, He was nailed to the cross. His enemies were standing all around Him. They were shooting him the lip. They were shouting. They were cursing. They were spitting. Have they done that to you? He was hanging there. And you know what he says? We in, in the table of his enemies, in before all of them, what did he have in his heart? What was printed in the tablet of his heart? Mercy. Mercy. He says, Father, forgive them. Did they deserve the mercy? No, they did not. But he gave it to them anyway. So friend, if this God, this wonderful God, is like the book of Psalms, look after you. If He treasures you as His child, if He gives you grace, if He gives you mercy, who are you not to give that to others? Who are you not to do that? He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Here we're sitting this morning, cut him down. Your cup is running over. You say, but I'm so struggling through life. Your cup is running over. Believe me, it is running over. If you sit here this morning by the blessing of the Lord, if you've got the grace of God, only the grace of God, forget anything else, your cup is running over. If you have the mercy of God this morning, forget everything else, your cup is running over. Here we sit, Karim, now. You know what we need to do? 
We need to look into this heart. We pull it open and we look in there and see what's in there. If mercy is in there, peace will flood from your tongue. And he says here in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Compassion shall follow me. Look at this. Look at this. It, it is like I've got a small little dog. His name is Cody. And I said to the only the other day, I said, man, this is like, like one of my children now. I go out to the pool, Andre, and I, I'm going to clean the filter. He's right there. He's following me wherever. It's as if he knows what I'm going to do. It's as if he can tell me. He says, don't do it this way. Do it that way. That's why I look around and these two eyes are looking at me. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you going to do now? And I walk over there and I wash this filter out and I turn around. There's Cody. And then I walk over there and put the filter back. There's Cody. He follows me wherever I go. Believe me. And then once I start that pump, he runs to the to the pool. This is one of his favorite things to do. He stands there and he waits for the bubbles to come out. And once the bubbles break out, he bites, 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 run over there, run over there. And then I'm walking over to mow the lawns, and there's Cody, right following me. Now listen, I'm not trying to tell you this morning that mercy is a dog. I'm not saying it. The point I want to make to you this morning is, like that dog follows me wherever I go when I do that. Wherever you go, friend, when you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your play place, let mercy and goodness be there like your shadow. Let people know you as a merciful person. Merciful person. Now, he doesn't say just sometimes. He says, all the days of my life. And what will happen? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Allow me, that was my last passage, but there's a scripture verse that I believe just jumps up in my mind that I want to read to you. Um, in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Listen to this. It's talking about our compassionate high priest. I'm finishing with this this morning. Our compassionate high priest. Uh, chapter 4.14, Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Are you sympathizing with people's weaknesses? Or have you got the power to crush them? But was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Now this is the verse that came to my mind. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now let me read that wide. I'm going to read it to you again. Listen. We come to the throne of God boldly to obtain what? You see, other people will preach to you to obtain blessings, to become a better Christian, to have all of these you know, financial blessings and prosperities. That's what other people will try to tell you. What the word is saying this morning, not me, the word says, let us come to this throne of grace that we may obtain two things, mercy and find grace. Now what do, you do, what do we do with that mercy and that grace? We use it. We use it with other people. We give people mercy and we give them grace. Amen? The mercy of God this morning. We've heard about the grace and the mercy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your grace. 
we thank you for your mercy. Father, I don't know why, but I came back a second time to this passage. And I wanted to talk about mercy. Father, help us over this period that's ahead of us to have more mercy for people. Help us, Father, to have forgiveness for people.